Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Finding authenticity in the social media landscape is like finding a lush oasis in the middle of a barren desert. While we do have the ability to curate our feeds, the algorithms and bots don't make it easy to stay away from the garbage that distracts or upsets us. So when you find an account that is positive person sharing their passions and actually adding value to your day, make sure you follow them. My guest today is Jonathan McCormick of Redbeard Outdoors, and he is a great example of this. His podcast and social media pages have grown significantly in the last year, and we talk about why and how that happened. Jonathan gives a lot of great insight into how he makes social media work for him without letting it consume his time and energy, lessons we all could use. We also had a great conversation about what we love about the outdoors and take some time to tell hunting stories. There's a lot of valuable information in this one, and Jonathan was kind enough to stick around for the Substack-only show, Unplugged, after our chat here. So be sure to check out the show notes and head over to the Nomad Strength Substack to find the extra episodes and other exclusive content. Enjoy this episode of the Nomad Strength Show with Jonathan McCormick. What's up? I'm joined today by Jonathan McCormick, Redbeard Outdoors. How you doing, man? Thanks for making time. Doing really well. I probably sound a little stuffed up for your listeners out there, but uh, I don't know if my kids brought home something or being out in the cold too much, but a little stuffed. <laughs> Go figure. It's that time of year. Everybody's yep. got it. Plus, you know, being out in the cold is a pretty good excuse to, <laughs> to, oh, yeah. to pass off as for why that happened. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm pumped to talk to you today, man. I did your podcast. Um, I don't remember. It was sometime this spring, I think, mm -hmm. when when we did yours, and uh, we've stayed in touch since then. And I I last month or so hopped in your guys's Facebook group, which is pretty rad. Just a cool little Facebook community that you have. Um, but we do a lot of similar stuff, and and you're you were on a similar journey. We talked about on uh, on your podcast is kind of coming late to the hunting game in life. Uh, you Adult know, onset like. 
adult onset <laughs> hunting. That's right. So me and you were uh, similar in that regard. So I really wanted to just kind of get your your story with that and how it, you know, why it necessarily wasn't a thing for you growing up. Was it um, like I, the parents or family were just not into it or they were like against it and then you kind of, you know, went the other way and rebelled, so to speak, when you got <laughs> <laughs> when you got old enough? What was kind of the journey for you uh, with coming to hunting as an adult? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, hunting as an adult, it's really, so I, I was born and raised in a family that was in the outdoors a lot. Um, so it wasn't necessarily rebellion. So I, I wish I had that kind of cool story, but, uh, I grew up in scouts. I, I got my Eagle scout. My dad was very active in scouting. Um, we did a lot of camping, hiking, and this was in North Carolina. And okay. so, um, we didn't have the mountains like we do here. We'd go out every fall and see the, the foliage change and, um, you know, we're, we're those weirdos that like to watch the tree die because it's so beautiful. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some comedian that just said something about that the other day. He was like, people are weird in the fall. You like to watch <laughs> yeah. tree die. Cause it, you know, it's so beautiful. <laughs> that is good. That's good. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's my tangent there, but yeah, we'd that's always funny. go up in the fall, um, to uh, grandfather mountain. We were proud. We had a mile high bridge, you know, stuff like that, that we'd go do. Um, and, and a lot of fishing. So my great grandfather bought me a lifetime hunting and fishing license when I was born. And that's something they used to sell in North Carolina. And I think Utah used to do it in a couple other states as well. They don't do it anymore. Um, but what would happen is uh, we'd go out fishing and stuff. And I went hunting maybe once or twice. My dad just wasn't really into it. Um, oh, okay. he, he was out. Sometimes he'd have two jobs. Uh, he worked as a cop sometimes, like at for a certain period of time. So like sure. he, he was always out working when he wasn't with the family. And so it was hard for him to really pick up the idea of hunting. And so um, anyway, I, I went when I was, I don't know, 15 or 16. And I didn't like the idea of sitting in a blind, which is it's different than out west here. But right. um, you sit in a elevated blind with a rifle. And there were basically shooting lanes with corn on one end, a salt lick on another, and there was some other feed on the other one. And I was like, and I love animals. And I just, I was like, this isn't fair. Like if I want to go shoot targets, I'll just go shoot targets. Like I love shooting <laughs> rifles. I love shooting guns. I don't like the idea of this ease of, it just seemed too easy. Like even compared to fishing, you know, cause out there you're constantly casting and I love topwater fishing. So you're casting, reeling it in, casting. So it's very active. Yep. Right. Right. And so, um, I just, I went a couple times, didn't like it. And I didn't have any family members that were into bow hunting cause that might have been a little bit different, you know, tree stands and stuff like that, uh, learning how to work plots of land. If I had known all about that, it would probably be a little bit different. Um, sure. But but at the time, I didn't. And so uh, I and didn't really get... how old were you at this point? What was... This was like 15 or 16. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I just kind of... Hunting was never really my thing. Again, I love guns, knives, you know, outdoorsy stuff, fishing, uh, just never really hunting. And so yeah. then I came out west. Uh, I went to college for a year. Did a lot of hiking out here. Um, the mountains were overwhelming. And the way I compare it to people is out east, you've got the beautiful mountains that are lush, green, or, you know, they change colors. Uh, out here, they're more majestic. You can't really, it's yeah. apples to oranges for me. You can't really compare um, the Rockies to the Appalachian Mountains. And so came out here, did a lot of hiking, loved the mountains. Uh, went to Mexico on, on an LDS mission or for those of you out there that might understand Mormons. Mm -hmm. uh, but yep. I went down there for two years, served the people of Mexico, loved it, and then came back, got married to someone here in Utah. 
and we were actually on the verge of moving back home to North Carolina because I just, it was too much of a concrete jungle. I didn't like the desert and I hadn't really explored or tackled the mountains mm. per se. And it seemed a little overwhelming, especially, you know, with young kids, et cetera. So um, we were talking about moving back and then uh, now a really good friend of mine, but at the time I barely knew him, uh, called up and, and I just happened to know that he was into guns. So we started talking about guns and the knives. And then I figured out he was big into hunting and because uh, he had a bunch of uh, Euro mounts in his garage when I went over to his house one day. I was like, hey, can I, you know, it's fall or I'm assuming you're hunting. Uh, can I follow you around? He was like, yeah, sure. So I followed him around and it was completely different. Um, you're hiking, you're active, mm -hmm. you're glassing, you're looking, and it was cool to see animals when you saw them, um, learning how to identify, like, it, you know, my kids always laugh at me. They're like, you're nasty. You're up there looking for butts, but that's really how you identify animals, <laughs> right. right? The whiteness of right. their butt stands yep. out amidst everything else. So, um, that's, you know, going up there and, and learning that. Then I learned how to apply for tags and it just kind of went from there. And, uh, hmm. you know, ab after about two years, my wife was like, so I guess we're not moving back east. And I was like, nope, <laughs> like I'm hooked here. Well, now. that's pretty big then. If like that's the if this whole thing was kind of the reason that you ended mm -hmm. up staying where you are. I mean, that's a it, pretty it was big a huge reason why there's you. many other factors as well. But, yeah, that was a, definitely a big reason why um, that that I stayed here. And so I ended up notching my very first tag the first time I got it with a rifle I went through a couple different years of, of rifle deer hunting. And yep. then I went my first time for elk with a rifle and realized how much of a pumpkin patch the mountain was. And I just said, well, uh, maybe I should get into bow hunting. Mm. And so that just kind of started a whole nother rabbit hole for me. And yeah. uh, it just dealt, I just delved even further into it. So um, in all reality, it, I, I always give kudos to Brent, who's now, he's basically a brother to me. Um, we're constantly together and, and just hanging out, especially this time of year. Um, but he, he definitely was a great mentor because he didn't do the work for me, but he also didn't leave me hanging. Like he would bring me along, right. uh, you know, the, there were lots of times where he had to wait for me because I was a slower hiker, um, and, and overpacking had too much weight on my back, et cetera. And mm -hmm. now I'm the guy that they come to when they've got gear questions, him and his brothers and, and a bunch of other stuff, because I, I'm the gear nerd of the family. They're you like, are, I was you just going to say, you're kind of the gearhead. I mean, yeah. even of the guys that I, I mean, I have a couple of friends that are like super into that, but I've noticed with you even that you're, you're really dialed into trying and testing out all the different oh, yeah. types of things. It's frustrating sometimes because you're like, man, I really like these boots, but I really want to try those boots. <laughs> and then you get them, you're like, oh, those are really good, but these are good too. If you could just combine these two, like, you know, and, it's and I love doing it. a expensive personality to have. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. No, <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty open. She, she definitely understands I'm the spender in the family, but uh, no, I, I do. Yeah. I love it. And, and the, the constant ability to, you know, like even just today, we were just talking before we got on the podcast about how, you know, I've got flexibility with work. It even affects yeah. my job you know, and not in a bad way. But like, when I got hired on at this at this job that I'm at now back in January, when we were interviewing mm -hmm. in December, I asked him like, once I figured I had the, the job in the bag, the interview was going really well. Um, you know, they were like, do you have any questions? I said, well, uh, how is September for taking time off? And they were like, what do you mean? Like, that's like a year away. I'm like, yeah, we do some camping and stuff. But like, since that's generally on the weekends for the family, September is really my big time to take off. I don't really take sick days. 
And they were like, well, as long as you got your stuff done, I'm like, great. I'm probably going to be mm-hmm. gone two to three weeks out of September. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, elk hunting, deer hunting, you know, got lots of stuff yep. going on that month. So yep. uh, anyway, it, it's really, it really has altered the way that my life has gone. And, uh, and, and I love it. I absolutely love hunting adult onset. I'd recommend it for anyone. Um, but you definitely need to have a good mentor, you know? So I know Mm. you're, you're learning as well, just like I am. Um, I'm sure you'd be someone that's good to reach out to. I'm always open to chat guys. If you're, if you're listening and you want to look me up and send me a message, um, I'd love to kind of get you headed in the right direction. I'm not the most knowledgeable necessarily, but I know where to point you in the right direction. Well, and that was the thing with me where, you know, I grew up, you know, in Southern, I'm still in Southern Idaho, but all of my friends and, uh, and everybody I knew hunted growing up, like it was, that was just the thing. And so it wasn't that I never wanted to, but Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't something that my family did. We fished a ton. Like I've steelhead fished since I was like 10 or 11 years old, like since you're old enough to actually go do it because steelhead rods are huge. So you can't really manage one with a six year old, but, uh, but with sports and and everything going on during the fall, like it was just, I was always doing something and there was never the time for actual getting out and and going in the mountains and hunting. So that was part of the reason why it never happened until I was out of college because I was still in college doing sports too. And so, um, but it's having those people that you can turn to and ask like, even just the simplest questions that you would think are like super dumb, right? Like the, the simplest, easy questions, are really obvious to some people, but if you're brand new, like you don't know what you don't know. And so Mm -hmm. having somebody, like you said, that is, is not only knowledgeable, but willing to help in that scenario where to be like, they, they don't know up from down when it comes Mm -hmm. to this world. Like we can, I can help them out a little bit. Like that is invaluable almost. And I've been, you know, I know you said you had, uh, your buddy and, and probably some others who were very helpful for you, but like I've had, several people who in different in different avenues of hunting have pointed me in the direction of whether it's gear whether it's actual learning how to do things on the mountain like how to hike how to look for stuff right mm-hmm. like i mean all these little things that you wouldn't think about like like you said having that mentor aspect is i mean it's the same as everything though isn't it like mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime yeah. you have a coach or anything like the whole point is just to help cut down the curve of learning so you don't spend way too much time and money doing stuff wrong on your own, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I, I agree with that 100%. It's, it can be overwhelming because even if you're doing rifle, um, you know, there's all the different calibers. There's all the different uh, brands. There's, you know, there's things you should look for so that you're not getting, you know, maybe the cheapest stuff, but you also don't want to get invested into a $3,000 rifle and a $5,000 scope and, 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 and if you don't know that you want to do it. Like we just took someone out. Um, so my archery hunt last weekend ended up turning into a rifle hunt for two new guys. And, uh, anyway, I was coming, coming down to help a buddy of mine, uh, with his friend that was brand new into hunting it, last time he had gone hunting, he was 12. So it was almost like 20, yeah. 20 something years ago. And so, yeah. uh, being able to just talk to him and, and the fact that again, Brent, he's like a force of nature when it comes to bringing people into the outdoors and I love it. Uh, but he let the guy borrow a dialed-in rifle, uh, a backpack that could haul some weight, um, mm-hmm. and he let him know, like, this is kind of the knife that you're looking for. Here's the game bag. So the smaller things, he was like, go purchase them, but he didn't say you need to go buy the Christensen Arms newest rifle with the right. you know specialty ammo that you're not going to be able to find anywhere. Like, 
he didn't do that. He did it in a very kind of gentle way, and now the guy's hooked. I mean, you could just tell yep. he was excited when he tagged out. And, um, you know, the conversation that he had with me on the way down, we were talking about backpacks and boots and uh, mm -hmm. clothing, like just stuff like that. It's just it, it's fun for me. And so um, I, I really do think having a good mentor is, is definitely key. Uh, and then, you know, if you're in the outdoors and you've got any experience with that, it's also key to realize, like, there is no dumb question unless, in my opinion, you've asked it twice. If you really, if it was so invaluable <laughs> that you didn't one, listen like to that. me the first time, then right. I don't want to talk to you about it anymore because you didn't listen to me the first time, right? So, right. but other than that, like, understand, like, this guy didn't even know what deadfall was. And I was, we were talking sure. about a story and I paused and I was like, do you know what deadfall is? And he was like, no. I said, oh, great. Let me, you know. And so you even you have see to the catch look those when you lose them in the conversation and you're like, I don't know what he said. I'm just going to yeah. keep listening. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, so you have to like break it yep. down so that they understand. <laughs> yeah. and he probably only absorbed, you know, 25% of that day, but he's going to remember that we yeah. basically made him butcher his own deer or field dress his own deer. And he yep. had to carry half the deer out. And, uh, you know, like he's going to remember those things because we had him do the work but he didn't have to do everything, right? So right, and yeah. that's super helpful because I remember, like, in the in the first handful of years, and even now, still, like, if there's something where, uh, here's how I test gear. Like, I, you you'll mm -hmm. go out and you'll buy the gear and you'll test it and do all the other things. Like, I'll find somebody who has it and then I'll ask if I can borrow it for mm -hmm. like a day. There you go. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, because so like, I'm like, I still need my buddy has this, a, which I should probably do it before I head out this evening. But like, that's from that's all blood and guts from. There you go. <laughs> Is that the Blackfoot? Weekend. Yeah. The Blackfoot. No, the Blackfoot. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's such I a love good those knife. things, man. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Recently. I put them through their paces uh, before I give any reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. When I went up uh, a couple weeks back, um, I've been looking for a new pack, like in trying all the different, you know, all, mm -hmm. uh, looking all the different kinds, all that kind of stuff. And around here, there's a lot that are made within, you know, 20 miles of me like Everly stock is has the store in downtown Boise like mm -hmm. that's super close XO is here in the same area as well um and but my my buddy had a an XO pack and uh mm -hmm. had the the frame and then I think it was the 4500 uh probably 4800 bag 48 yeah and uh and I was like can I just borrow this for the weekend test it out and like i've done that a couple of times like with his stuff <laughs> like mm -hmm. like hey can i borrow these uh can i borrow this whatever and he's like yeah no problem try it out so it's like kind of that same thing like find people who are yeah. willing and that's the other thing too i was actually talking about this um it was, i think it was just recent on the recent podcast this that dropped this week uh with kurt storing from dad work and uh when you talk about reaching out to people to learn from mentors coaches or whatever like most of those people are so willing to help that we don't assume that they are mm -hmm. there. People are so much more willing to help than we think just because like, there's that, that disconnect from being on the other end of a screen and you're like, Oh, they're never going to see my message. And like, why would they help me? They're super busy or whatever. But like you just reach out, people will answer way more often than not, you know? And that, that's, I think encouraging too, to know, because like, just go for it. Just ask, like, if you've got a question, ask, somebody will answer it for you. Exactly. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, so my, my biggest mentor to get me into it was Brent. And then I found people cause you can, you can kind of pinpoint the BS or being, when you're being sold on something, uh, when they're like, Oh, this is the best bow or best rifle. And you're like, yeah, yeah but you're also sponsored by him. So like, yeah. 
you know, and so, and that's kind of how I approach things is like, so with, with Dan from Elk Shape, like I, I latched onto him and then now we've become friends just because I love his no BS approach. He's like, obviously I'm sponsored by Matthews. I think they're the shit, but Mm -hmm. if a Hoyt works better for you or a PSE or an elite works better for you, like there was no, when we, when we went to the camps, like there was an array of bows, old, new, different brands like some of the off brands and he didn't give crap to anyone except like he gave crap to me because i was you know we were just bsing back and forth but in all reality he didn't pick on people for their bow choice right he was like if that works for you great let's dial that one in for you so that's the kind of real people that you want to look at like you know when i recommend i'm like look guys i recommend kafaru backpacks i run kafaru i work with kafaru a little bit and so um they're great but I've also heard skinnier people work better with Stone Glacier or Exopacks. Yeah. I'm just a beefier build. So for me, that right. tank of a backpack works really well and hauls weight really well. So that's kind of how I approach things. I don't just say there's one right. size fits all because it's I not, love that, it's not uh, true. Dan is like as direct of a dude as they come. <laughs> like I remember talking like even just in the in the one conversation I had with him on the podcast, he is like, that's a great dude to get that kind of information mm-hmm. from because he will literally tell you exactly how it is and not not put any fluff around any of it, which I love about him. Like talking to him was was awesome for that because A, he talks so fast sometimes like you just Mm -hmm. gotta be dialed into what he's saying but he does that same thing it's super direct he knows exactly uh how to say things that are helpful which is like that's what you look for in in that kind of scenario so it's really cool that um like you can find people like that that help uh i want to ask when you're when you started getting in this is kind of like a route that i go with all the outdoor and hunting Mm -hmm. guys that i have on the show i have a couple of questions i usually like to ask everybody um the first one is what is your favorite hunt you've ever been on uh, to this point? If you could like pinpoint it to one, sometimes that's an impossible question, like to mm-hmm. have your favorite. And sometimes it's one that's not even successful in terms of harvesting an animal. But uh, I always like to know like, what was the, what was the coolest? What was the most fun experience you've had hunting? So up to this point, I still have yet to tag an elk, and I'm aiming to do that by the end of season this season. So we've got the extended archery, um, and that runs through, I think I have to check the date specifically. It's either December 14th or 15th this year in Utah. Um, It's been snowing already, which is great uh, for elk. It'll bring them down the mountain. I actually had a buddy send me a video today. I'm like, hey, where's that guy at? And he was like, well, hopefully at the end of my muzzle loader, I'm like, dang it. I'm like, if you didn't have that tag, I need to know that location so I can go up there. But uh, anyway, so so right now, for me, it's the the last two seasons um, that I've actually had a tag in my pocket for elk. Um, the last three seasons, I've been elk hunting uh, during the bow season, and mm. I've loved it. I, I, I would say elk for me is probably my favorite just because – I love mule deer. They're awesome and haven't really been on a whitetail hunt. Um, and birds don't really do it for me. So mm-hmm. uh, elk, just the way they, <coughs> excuse me, the way they interact, the, the way they, they're just majestic. They're huge. They can disappear and make no sound or they can make all the sound in the world. They're kind mm-hmm. of the king of the mountain um, when it comes to, you know, prey animals. And so for me, I just, I love, I, I love those hunts so far. I don't really have any cool stories necessarily um, because I'm a tagged out, 
but I've sure, you know, I take that back. I do have cool stories. So there's, there's a lot of times where I've gotten into bugle fests or hearing them bugle. And then they just completely shut up as soon as the light mm-hmm. comes on. Cause they, they know that there's people, they know it's pretty pressured area. Um, but I guess this last year, so not this year, but last year when I was with my buddies and it was truly our first time getting into a bugle fest, that was probably my favorite experience. We just, we, cool. we hiked in and we had been hiking. We'd put it on some miles during, during September. And this was the last day of season. I want to say it was around September 21st or 22nd of last year. And, uh, we got into this area that was less than a half mile off the road. I mean, we'd been into some deep stuff and we weren't finding elk. And then we get a half mile off the road and there were four or five bulls going off at each other all on their own. And that was probably the coolest experience. Uh, We got to see one of them uh, that morning, but there was just like, we started naming them. Like they had their own distinct bugles. And it, yeah, it was awesome for me because you know, you see the stuff on YouTube, you think it's awesome, but until you've actually heard it in person, it's it's a whole different ball game. And that's got me hooked. I mean, that um, that was probably my favorite hunt experience up to this point, even though we didn't end up tagging anything out. Um, and then that same day in the afternoon, um, I was kind of up in that same draw and uh, I was on this really steep, um, I guess the, the steep hillside and it was a lot of deadfall. So you're like basically climbing up the deadfall because it's so steep. And so I was sitting in this one spot cause I just come across some youth hunters, which freaked me out a little bit because they've got rifles in their hands and she was like 15. And I'm like, I'm not wearing orange cause I'm bow hunting. You're like, this is a little creepy, you know, a little crazy. Um, right. but anyway, so I'd come halfway down the hillside and I had this moment where uh, I was a little frustrated because that had happened. And then I heard this crashing coming down the middle of the draw. And I was like, oh, great. There's some elk. Maybe they got spooked. And no, it was hunters. Like they were not even trying to make an effort to be quiet. Like this was maybe oh, 30 minutes it. before sunset. And they were yeah. just stomping, breaking sticks. You know, just it was so frustrating. I wanted to throw something at them. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. 
Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. And so then they left. <laughs> and, uh, and then once they left, um, I heard some squirrels, which can be super annoying when you're just listening for footsteps and stuff. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> um, what ended up happening was I, I had this feeling that I needed to sit there until dark. So you get usually about 20 minutes to 30 minutes after official sunset that is still considered yep. shooter light. Right. And I got this feeling. I was like, okay, I'm here till sunset. Um, you know, I need to be here till dark. And I was like, nah, like I'm already, I'm pissed off. I'm frustrated. I'm like, no, I'm just going to start walking down the draw 10 minutes after sunset. Well, I finally make my way down and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on my way out and then I hear something off on that hillside that I was on. And this was maybe 80 yards away from me. I look over huge brown body and i didn't get a good vision of what he what his rack was but he was at least a five at least a five and so nice i'm like man so i so i start running back up the draw to try and close the distance because at this point i've got 10 minutes left of archery season and so you know i'm running i'm like hail mary you know whatever i can do and i never ended up getting a shot because he stopped 60 yards from me on that hillside his body was behind a pine tree and I could see his head and his rack. And I was like, <laughs> and then he, and then he turned around and trotted right up the hill and I had of no course. shot. Of course. So I get down to where there's signal and I spoke with my wife and told her what happened. She was like, Oh, that's a bummer. She was like, we were just, I was just putting the kids to bed about the time that you got that feeling. We had, you know, our, our youngest daughter, um, had said a prayer that daddy would tag out. <laughs> and I was just like, if I had just sat in that spot that I was in yeah. when I got that feeling to sit there, he would have walked 15 yards in front of me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so oh, it's, a, it's my favorite story, but also a terrible story. Cause I didn't, if I just followed that prompting, you know, uh, man, it would have been a different day. Oh, that's like, and then you hear the afterwards when you hear the story like that, and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, that is, yep. those, I, I have too many of those to, I have too many of those similar stories to recount as well, but those ones are always the ones that you learn the most from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, those small little things like that, like you learn to trust those gut feelings, like that's why those, those gut feelings happen. Like I'm a firm believer. Like that's why you got that feeling is because you knew that if you would have sat there, you would have had the perfect thing. And that's where you learn to get in tune with, with all that kind of stuff. Oh man, that just like bums me out, but that's a great story. Even just (laughs) hearing it after. Oh yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about the, the podcast and, and everything that you're doing with, with Redbeard Outdoors, which is, I just love the name and the logo, first of all. And if I'll post <laughs> videos, snippets of this, if you've never seen Jonathan, uh, you could probably imagine what he looks like uh, just from the name of his, <laughs> of his brand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny when um, I tell people, but, they're like, hey, what's your Instagram? And I'm like, red uh-huh, dot beard. Uh-huh. And then they laugh. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know where I came up with that name. <laughs> it, was, it was lazy, but it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so how did that start? What was the what was the driving force behind you wanting to get the podcast going and and all the things that you're doing with the Facebook group and, and everything else? 
Yeah. So kind of around that time, I'd hit my heaviest um, as far as weight's concerned. Now, I've always been in the gym at least five to six days a week. And the days I'm not, I'm on the mountain, right? So even mm. when I was at my fattest, um, you know, I was I was claiming I was, you know, building for powerlifting, whatever. Like, okay. you know, I lied to myself about that. I think we all do that at some point when we're getting a little bit yep. chubby. Um, but I, bulking, I hit the thousand man. pound club, so I was happy about that, you know? And, uh, and then I realized that about, you know, just about all the other hours of the day, so 23 other hours that I wasn't in the gym, I felt like crap. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was sore or I, my back was hurting. I wasn't able to run around with my kids without being out of breath. Um, like just stuff like that, even though I was strong, like, you know, my kid would still come up to me and hit my belly and be like, huh, daddy's got a belly, daddy's fat, you know, stuff like that. Right. And then he'd grab my arms and be like, oh, you're strong. And then he'd say, you're fat, you know? So that kind of, your kids don't have filters. So that kind of was like, okay, I need right. to, I need to kind of <laughs> straighten up a little bit here. And this isn't what I want because if I want to really delve into hunting, um, I need to lose some weight so I can pack more weight on my back and not necessarily have it on my body. And so hmm. uh, that kind of started there. And then um, I've, I've never been into YouTube just because I I don't want to carry a camera around. I tried that once and sure. I, I it was terrible. It just I just didn't like doing it. Um, and so I was like, what? I'm, I love having conversations with people. And uh, I feel like I've got some stuff to share and I've definitely got a journey ahead of me. So uh, that the the idea kind of spurned almost two years before I even started the podcast. And then um, the Instagram started because I always take pictures and videos anyway on my phone. And um, and I'd come back in the office that I was working in at the time and they'd say, wait, you did what on your day off? Like you were hiking with your kids. You were. And I was like, yeah, we live here in Utah, guys. Like you drive 10 minutes. There's trailheads everywhere. And most of them are kid friendly. <coughs> so. Um, what ended up happening there is I just started posting stuff and I just gotten uh, uh, my Tacoma as well. So I thought that was cool to post Tacoma stuff, even though it was stock. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just like, that's, I'll just be real with you like that. I just thought it'd be cool mm-hmm. to post stuff, see where it went. Yeah. Well, um, and then I started, it just kind of clicked with me that people don't think of kids as like helping them to experience the outdoors and stuff. They think of them as a hindrance almost towards their fitness, their health. And like they hold them back from being able to go on these adventures in the outdoors. I'm like, yeah, maybe you can't go to Dubai with your kids, but like you can go hike and the kids will love it and deal with yep. them being dirty for a little bit. Just give them a bath. Like it's not that big of a deal. So right. um, anyway, that's why I started posting those things. And then after I, I lost 47 pounds, um, wow. I, I officially felt, okay, I, I validated my with myself that I'm okay to start a podcast because I actually have done something, right? Mm, and so yeah. I didn't want to go in just assuming people wanted to listen to me until I had something that I'd done. So I started the podcast. I did uh, X amount of solo episodes. I think it was like 30 or 40 before I even invited a friend on because, again, wanted to prove to myself that I was going to keep doing it um, and didn't want to waste someone's time by inviting them on, you know, that value exchange idea of, you know, they want to give an hour of their time to me so that they can get to my audience. And I want to have a conversation with them selfishly. I would just want to learn from them. Right. Yep. Uh, but you can't just call up a bunch of these people and be like, Hey, can I get an hour of your time? And they'd be like, what? <laughs> Who are you? You know, but you message them. Dude, you're I like, Hey, you want to be on the podcast? You know, this is my podcast. They're like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, anyway, that's kind of how it started. And, and I just, I told myself, 
nothing less than two episodes a week. And uh, one will be a solo, kind of 10 to 20 minutes, just me sharing thoughts on a quote or whatever. And then Saturday is going to be conversations. And that's just kind of how it started. And um, again, kind of selfishly, I'm like, I want to do gear reviews. So I need to have a platform for that. You know, if I'm going to reach yeah. out to companies, be like, hey, can can we work together on this? And I'll put a review out, right? Again, value exchange. So I needed to have a platform for them to yeah. be willing to send me stuff. And so that's kind of how it all started. And it's just going from there, just being consistent. Um, then, of course, Instagram decided to go to Reels, which whatever, you know, if that's the game. But you adapted to that pretty well. Like you got right on that yeah. and, and started utilizing that that transition i guess mm -hmm. uh better than a lot of people i saw doing it right yeah. off the bat because that was just annoying for a lot of people mm -hmm. i think for, and still is for a, a lot um you know but to embrace like hey this is just what it is like if you're gonna stay on this platform like don't do stuff that's gonna hide your content you yeah. know if like your goal is to reach people like it yeah you gotta maybe do some things that you're like exactly this seems kind of silly or like whatever but i don't agree with the premise but this is what it is. If you're going to be here, then play the game, you know? Exactly. And so, yeah. And so I even tried TikTok at one point. I can't do it. I, that, like, yeah. I don't get that platform. <laughs> I will not like, so I work, I, I work with first form in that transition. I started working for first form. Um, and, and so being one of their restaurant Western reps and helping them build up the, the first form outdoor side of things. Cause they had just barely started, um, Jake's brainchild, uh, when, when, when I had, joined up with first form. And that was really yeah. the main reason why I wanted to go over there um, was because I, I just saw a lot of potential. I love the company, the culture and everything about them. I wasn't all about gym rat stuff. And so when I saw them create the first form branch and then hearing the story behind it, which is pretty funny, um, I, I was all in, you know, and so they did a challenge. That's why I started to do the reels thing was they were like a, a reel a day for 30 days. See what happens to your, your social media. Well, it's kind of stuck with me for the last almost, I think it's been over a year now. Um, and I just do a reel a day because, again, my idea is if if that's what Instagram is going to push, I want new eyeballs on my stuff, you know, reaching right. more people. That's what I'm going to do, you know. So yeah. I found an efficient way to do that. And then um, I just I just do that once a day. And then every two to three days, I do a, a static post along with it because I still take those pictures. And honestly, reels... I, most of the time I just take a picture and iPhone does it for me where it's a live photo. So it's, it's basically <laughs> yeah, exactly. a video anyway. So, I just <laughs> right. do that. so um, you know, I don't have like these high quality, I'm not going out to like angels landing in Utah and like driving six hours to make this real, to be disappointed when it gets a thousand views or whatever. Like it's not some huge overly produced. No, deal. I usually it's, do it when I'm on yeah. the treadmill in the morning, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I take 10 oh, minutes man. to make a reel and that's about it. You know, I don't do these overproduced things. So, but again, that's not my style. You know, I don't do a lot right. of editing uh, with photos. I just, I just like to just put it out the way it is. And that's kind of, if you, if you like that, you like it, you don't great. There's other channels you can go watch and 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 listen to that that are a lot more edited even my podcast i don't remember the last time i edited anything like <laughs> That's I, to, awesome. be, to be honest with you like i i put the intro but during conversation i think there was one time i had a cutout of like three minutes of someone else's internet but all i had to do was go snip and that was it like just push yeah, it together super easy so like i don't do i don't do back editing like i just i don't i don't do that so Maybe it would be better if I did. I don't know. That's just kind of my style. I just kind of roll with it. 
So, but I think even what gets, I think, and this is how maybe the false perception of where I had, I had gotten to this place with the stuff on Instagram and everybody doing the reels and all that kind of stuff. And after hearing how you talk about it and a couple others, like, I think what a lot of people struggle with is jumping on board with the quote unquote trends, Mm -hmm. right? Like feels almost like it's inauthentic because you're just trying to follow the literal trend to get as many views as possible. But like when you describe it, how you did where you're like, dude, I just like take a picture and like find some sound and do it in 10 minutes. Like I do it because I want to share stuff Mm -hmm. that helps bring it back down to earth a little bit for me, even hearing it like that, because I think that's what a lot of people on Instagram don't do. I think a lot of people do the thing where they're just chasing the views and stuff. And then they're trying to do the things where if I get as many people here, I'm just going to get a bunch of free stuff from all these companies. But like when you're talking about doing it as a partnership Mm -hmm. and we've already established, like you're the gearhead, like it's, you love doing that stuff and looking at gear. So it's not like you're just like, Oh, I just want free stuff. You know, I want to actually test this stuff out and make sure it's valuable information that I can give to my audience. And then you guys can use this same information to go back to your audience as well. Like the actual value exchange, I think is what is highlights why it can be done in a really good way. Even if it like is something that I, I push back against, I do it all the mm-hmm. time. Like I just struggle with wanting to do it that much. <laughs> it, well, and it's not even that. I don't know if it's the hip, it might be part hipster. It might be part like old man, like I feel like an old man not wanting to partake in all the things the younglings are doing. But I, but when you see how you're doing it and a couple others, I'm just like, this really isn't that big of a deal. Like I, people felt the same way about regular Instagram mm-hmm. eight years ago before all yep. the video and the reels and stuff. Like nobody wanted to just share pictures. Well, and then when stories happened, like it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because for me, it's like um... – with TikTok again, I tried it because I was willing to try it, and I it's the same thing right. I tell my kids with food. Like you can't say you don't like it until you've at least taken a bite, right? So I I went into <laughs> right. it, and like I I tried it, I, and I bet if I really put time into it, I could probably have, you know, a lot more following or views, but that's just not my style. I didn't mesh with it. It was going to cause more stress than it was worth for me, so right. I stayed off. And then there was um what was it? Oh, when I first came back from my mission. Uh, everyone was on Snapchat and all this other stuff. And I like, I downloaded it when I first got back and I worked at a gym and I even laughed at him. Cause I was like, guys, why are the frick are you on Snapchat and dating <laughs> apps? We work in a gym, <laughs> dude. Like seriously, you literally <laughs> right. talk to some of the hottest girls in this town. All right. If you want to date, See go speak every to day. them. <laughs> yeah. And they just kind of looked at me like, a, I'm like, dude, like all of you guys are handsome guys. Like these girls, I'm sure if you just invited them out, like maybe not when they're in the middle of being sweaty, but you know, like figure a way to have a conversation with them. Right. And and it was just funny to me because I I never got into Snapchat either, and so That's it just funny. it seemed weird to me. Why do you want your picture to be deleted? It seems sketch. You know, like right. so. So for <laughs> what are you sharing that needs a self destruct button? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, for me, I'm like that. That never caught on, just like TikTok didn't, but. I loved Instagram because, again, I always take pictures. I love sharing stuff um, with other people. So that's just kind of well, stick, stick to your stuff, but also make it work within your style. Because I guarantee you I could do – I've got a buddy um, that works with Alpen Fuel as well. I don't know if you know Colby. Uh, I don't think I did do. Did you see his – okay, so, so Colby had – I want to say it was like 
three or four thousand followers, and me and him have chatted back and forth because we rep uh, Alpen Fuel, and um, and so you know he does some great photography work and everything, dude. He did a reel where he literally there was no audio behind it except for the actual audio of the video. He goes over to the Grand Canyon <coughs> and takes a rock, looks down at the rock with the video, tosses it, and gets the splash. I guess saw that video. View, yeah, guess how many views that got? Is it some ridiculous number, like in the millions or something? Yeah, it's like 40 million. I, I, well, I've seen that video. I probably a dozen different times yeah. on different accounts. That's so I, crazy. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. So, so, and he, his followers went from like four or 5,000. And I think he's got close to 50 now in like a matter of a week. <laughs> and so I, I messaged him. I was like, Hey, teach me the methods of throwing the rock. You're like just messing around. Cause like he, he was like, dude, I don't know what, at, like I was just goofing off. Yeah. You know, there was no plan behind that. So the strangest things can take off. Like it's, you never know what it's going to be that takes it off. Uh, that gets the, the viral, whatever. Exactly. Um, so you and, just and stick to your so niche, funny. stick to your niche and you're good to go. Like don't well, try I think and that's, stretch. That's an and, important point yeah. too. Like with trying to stretch yourself to too many different platforms. Like if you're somebody who's trying to reach customers, use the platform that your customers use. Like if you're trying to get your podcast in front of a bunch of 18 year olds, then you probably would have to use TikTok. You know what I yep. mean? Like, but I imagine most of your audience is already on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're not yep. trying to pull them to. That was our generation's version of TikTok, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like weird, we're the, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. Our parents are now the Facebook, the Facebookies, and uh, we have Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> like, you exactly. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's too. I'm, yep. Twitter's another one. I'm like, I'm kind of dipping my toe into Twitter right now. And because mm. uh, I like to write, and that's kind of what I've noticed with Twitter is more of the it's the more of the writers type of platform. Obviously, it's not you know a very visual yeah. platform like Instagram is, but it's fun for a lot of different reasons, and it's terrible for a lot of different reasons if you allow <laughs> it to be. But it's just like any of these yeah. other ones. Like you have the ability to curate what you look at, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to purposefully follow things that get you fired up and tick you off, then you have nobody to blame but yourself for putting yourself in that position. Exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I haven't dabbled. I, I had tried Twitter and it just wasn't for me either. So yeah. but you're more of a writer and I'm more of like a, a, a conversationalist. And I find yeah. it hard to write in a conversation. So like, that's why I just stick yeah. with, like, I guess my blog would be my solo episodes on Wednesdays, you know? Yep, exactly. And it's kind of the same thing. It's just, Find what you enjoy doing, first of all. Mm -hmm. Like, which one you're going to stick to. Like, if, if you don't mind doing the 10-second the reel every day, then do that because that's going to be the least mm -hmm. amount of stress for you to put it together. And then Well, that's the other thing, too. Stick to that. Like, you realize people have a seven-second, you know, like that's why they push the seven-second reels for a while was because that's all people are watching. Like, that's all they have the time for in their, in their yeah. space. Like, it's weird. But... Uh, the other thing with podcasting, so like, I don't recommend anyone go back and listen to anything before episode 10. If you want to, that's fine. Go back and laugh <laughs> at me. I keep it up just because I like to see my progress. But like, there was some switch where my buddies reached out to me. They're like, dude, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is for you, man. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really enjoying really? it. They're like, go back and listen to it. Because again, that's the other thing. I don't go back and listen to them. 
I don't either. <laughs> so, I don't listen. To, I don't listen to any of the ones that I. Record. So there was one episode. I think it was like episode three or something that I released, and there was no audio. <laughs> no. And my like buddy, literally nothing. My, yeah, my buddy texted me, and he was like, "Hey, dude, did you listen to this before you put it out?" I was like, "No." <laughs> he oh was like, gosh. "He was like, uh, you should probably go back and check it because it." Must have not uploaded the audio or anything. I went back and there was some switch that I needed to hit. But um, oh yeah, so like gosh. I was doing stupid crap like that. But it was all a matter of me putting it out there, right? And so what I right. recognized, and I can't remember if I read it in a book or heard it somewhere, but I just said like, why? Why do I sound almost monotone and mm. not like I'm having a conversation? And I realized it's because I don't like talking to a microphone. Mm. And so. Um, that's why I don't do a lot of vlogging, you know, because sure. I don't like talking to a camera, you know, like I like to do live videos, but now that I figured out, like my trick is just simply, it used to be that I would have to close my eyes to do it. Now I can just visually picture it in my mind, but who am I trying to talk to? Mm. And that changed, like there was some, I can't remember what episode to the next episode, but like you listen to one, you listen to the next one. You're like, Holy crap, what happened? Cause I just, I, it sounded more like like you and me talking because I sure. could picture, you know, my kids or people that were just getting into the outdoors or whatever the, the thing was that I was talking about. I could yeah. picture those people and as if I was speaking to them on stage. And it just completely changed the way I sounded on the microphone. So that's really cool. That's a cool. Yeah. That, those little tips like that, I think, are important because I have a <laughs> I'm trying to think about how he said it. I have a buddy who recently started um, started a podcast a couple months ago, and he does several episodes a week. And one of mm -hmm. them uh, he does with his trainer, like, and they do mm -hmm. a Q and A, &A kind of thing. And uh, but he's like, I, I thought about doing a solo one, and he's like, and I just can't because I first off hate just talking to nobody, mm -hmm. and he's like, if I'm not in a conversation, my mind moves so fast i'll never hold a thought long enough to finish it if i'm talking by myself like yeah. he's like if i'm with a conversation i can have that conversation be like if i'm talking by myself i'm all over yeah. the place and none of the episode will make sense so it's like part of it is know yourself before you like establish the structure of how you're going to do this kind of stuff um yeah. it, whether it's social media whether it's podcasting any of that kind of stuff like know yourself because that's going to make also it easier say... for you to yeah. I'd also say to him, you're not talking to nobody because are you expecting no True. one to listen to you? I've told him you? the same thing. Yeah, I've exactly. Told him the same thing. So, but it, but <laughs> yeah. if he's not, you know, if that's not his thing, that's not his thing, you know, so it is what it is. Yep. That's pretty funny. What have you learned from like the early, you know, you mentioned like the, just those little tips and stuff like that at mm -hmm. the beginning, but you know, you've done a good amount of podcasts now. So like, what are some of the, the things that you've learned throughout the process that either make it easier, make it more enjoyable, um, or just like general lessons, like what kind of things have you learned through this whole process? Yeah. Um, man, I've learned so much. I've had some awesome conversation with people just like you have, you've had some great guests on and, um, man, I, I couldn't just pinpoint one or two things. I, I guess consistency with anything is, is key. Mm. You know, that that's yeah. a big key factor in anything. And so like if you're if you're out there starting a podcast or you want to share something on Instagram or whatever, don't expect it to blow up immediately. That's almost selfish. Uh, that is selfish, and that's very uh, that's that's cocky. You know, that's narcissistic, almost borderline there. Because why would people listen to you? 
you have to give them a reason to. And, and so that's why you got to be consistent with what you're doing. Have a structure that you're putting things out. Like I have a list of Monday is this, Tuesday is this, Wednesday is that. And if it doesn't fit in that, that reel doesn't go out on that day or that post doesn't go out on that day. And so that's why for me, um, I, I would say consistency is just king over everything because you can be, um, I don't know how else to put that, but just that you just need to be consistent in whatever it is that you're doing. If you're trying to teach people something, you got to give them a reason to listen to you. If you just put something out there once and expect to go viral, it may happen, but it's like a one in a billion chance. I don't know the stats behind it, but you got to give people a reason to want to listen to you, you know? And, so and that's that doesn't why, even always, that, that doesn't always mean like every single day being consistent. But right. if you say you're going to do something a certain amount of times a week or whatever it is, like stick to that yep. and make it so where people know like he's going to do something every Monday, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we'll, we'll talk about one thing because you and I both love Ma- um, Montana Knife Company, right? They're great guys, great people. Uh, just amazing. Yeah, that's why I saw the hat. So um, great individuals, you know, especially Jesse is just a great person to talk to all the time. And I, I can't imagine, I always give kudos to the women because they put up with so much. Like my wife, you know, we were talking before this that like, I just had the urge to go hunting this afternoon. And she's like, sure, go for it, you know? And, and so like, but she's, that means she's holding down the fort for a couple hours while I'm gone all by herself, right? which she's fully capable of doing. But the fact that she's willing to do that you know, and not, not hold it over my head later. And, and so, you know, that's why I say Jesse's awesome because of the way she helps Josh with the company. They're just a power couple. It's awesome. But one thing that they're consistent with, because they don't have their knives in stock consistently on their website, they're consistent with their sales model where they let you know X amount of days ahead of time. They're consistent with their shipping so, you know, they know how many they're making ahead of time. So how many are going to be sold? And they always sell out within like an hour at the most, if not less time. Still, right? I mean, it's been dozens and yeah. dozens of times that they've done this. And that still is the case, which is just crazy. Exactly. And each one is bigger than the last, which is what I think is yep. encouraging yep. and still nuts at the same time. Like the And Josh has told me like the goal, and he said this before, like the goal is to get it to where they're all, you know, knives are in stock all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for right now, they've, they've mastered that model and that is their consistency is that they give you a couple days head notice. They let you know what's coming out, what the date is. They're consistent with the time, 7 PM mountain standard time X day. And they're again, consistent with their shipping, right? So you know what to expect. There is no faltering. So it's not that you have to be, like you said, you don't have to be every single day, but like for me, that's what is expected from my brand because that's the standard that I have set. Right. And so when I leave for a week elk hunting, I felt like I almost got punished by Instagram. We can go about talk about that later, but like it, it, it changed the, the, the viewing of my channel because I was out of cell service for me. I was like, Oh, whatever. You know, I, I got right. to do what I loved. It just was interesting to see that. But again, it goes back to that consistency. People were expecting my post every single day. I didn't do it for a week. So now I have to build that consistency back up. Right. And so, well, and I think with, it, with that, it's interesting because it's not even necessarily that, I mean, people are expecting the post, but just because of the technology, the algorithm, Instagram was expecting mm-hmm. your posts. Yep. And when exactly. it wasn't, it was like, Oh, like we're just going to drop him in people's feeds. Like he's not posting right now. People, and that's how, I mean, that's literally how it works. Like else. 
Exactly. So then it takes mm-hmm. a long time to rebuild that back. I mean, probably not as long as it takes when you have a certain number of followers or whatever, mm-hmm. but still like you're going to go through those dips where people just don't see your stuff as much if yep. you take multiple days off, but like sticking to whatever it is routine wise, if it's podcast posting, if it's Instagram posting, if it's like product launches, like what, what Josh and them do, like, I, I totally agree. That's the, the easiest way for people to stay in tune is like, oh, they always have this stuff going on or like, <laughs> you know, if I have to go search, people aren't going to go look for stuff ever on the internet. Like, you know, unless they're looking for something very specific, like people aren't yep. just wanderers on the internet. Like we think they are, and they're just going to happen upon you. And like, if they do, you got to have a reason for them to stay, you know, like it's, it's the content delivery piece I think is, and it's so fun to like learn and see all the different ways that that's changing and adapt and that kind of stuff, which is why like I, I this, this took a totally different direction of conversation than I was expecting <laughs> getting into like the nitty gritty of social media and stuff. But I'm glad we did because like, I've, I've really liked what you've been doing lately, which is um, how consistent you've been and, and speaking and then speaking to that. Yeah. You know, honestly, and it is just being true to yourself. Cause like you can only hold fakeness for so long. And so if you're, if you're being fake on social media, people will sniff it out or you, you just won't be able to hold on to it. You won't want to do it anymore and you right. fall off the bandwagon. So maybe you've got, you know, all the, and, or you'll just feel pressured and you're not enjoying it anymore. Like there's something that will happen yeah. if you're being fake. Whereas if you're being real, or you're being true to you. Like it really is just me sharing my, my life, you know, and I, my goal is just to help people get in the outdoors as much as possible, live happier, healthier, more successful lives, which is what I say in every podcast, because that's what I want. I'm sharing my journey with you as the listener or as the viewer on Instagram or, uh, you know, on YouTube. Um, and so that's just, I mean, just keeping consistent with that. That's all I want is just for people to, to live better lives. And, you know, that, that's, that's really that's all awesome. it boils down to through my journey or through your own, you know, maybe you find some inspiration in something that I'm doing. Redbeard's Fit Crew is all about getting people together that, you know, I have so many people that still mess with me. I don't want to post something because so, you know, all these people are fit. I'm like, I guarantee you more than half the people in here are not as fit as you think. Like that's the whole point of the group was to make it less public so that you can come in and post and ask questions and not feel dumb and go on your own journey here with me kind of guiding the conversation and guiding the challenges um, yeah, and keeping things definitely. simple, right? So, I love it. I think that's a pretty good spot to wrap it up, man, and close it out. Thank you for making the time today. I really appreciate it. I, was, I really, and Doug, like I said, took a totally different direction for half of the conversation <laughs> than I thought it was going to, but I'm glad it did. Yeah. Um, so why don't you throw out all the plugs for the show and the Facebook group and, and everything else that you're doing so everybody can follow along. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So on Instagram, I'm red.beard.outdoors. Um, I offered to buy just Red Beard Outdoors off of somebody, and they haven't responded. So I can't take that. <laughs> there's a period in between each word there. Um, and then the symbol that you find there on Instagram is consistent through Facebook and uh, any of your podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Um, so just Red Beard Space Outdoors on any of your podcasting platforms and on YouTube. So Go check me out there. And then uh, Redbeard's Fit Crew, I'd love to have you guys over there. Again, it's it's very simple. I'm not a trainer. Um, I coach you through some nutrition, and I help you with simple challenges just to get your health on track. Um, you know, you're probably a lot better at training people, per se, because that's dedicated <laughs> to what you do specifically. 
Um, but I just have this awesome group in there that, you know, people that just chat with each other. We're doing a steps challenge right now. So if you want to join in on that, I'd love to have you. That's awesome. Jonathan, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And if you are not a subscriber, uh, a paid subscriber to the Substack, uh, go check that out because we're going to have Jonathan stick around here for a few minutes and do the bonus show unplugged. That'll only be posted for the paid subscribers on the Substack. So uh, make sure you go check that out so you can hear the extra stuff we're about to go over. Yeah, it's super secret stuff, guys. You better go check it out. Super secret stuff. <laughs> <laughs>